welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. Riverside Church is a community of believers striving side-by-side for the gospel in the greater New Orleans area. For more information about Riverside Church, go to riversidelife.org. Once again, the question I have for you this morning is, are you being poured out or are you burning out? Are you being poured out or are you burning out? First, let's, let's, let's talk about burnout for a second. Let's get a picture of burnout. Um, we know from statistics that uh, pastors burn out. Uh, nearly half of the pastors in our country report feeling burnout and have contemplating leaving, have contemplated leaving full-time ministry over the past year. From stress and isolation and loneliness to unfulfilled vision, from political divisions, just to name a few, pastors burn out. Often the pastors talk about a case of, of the Mondays where uh, pastors go through Sunday and then they look to Monday and they feel absolutely burnt out. The, the statistics even show us that 17% of the churches uh, like ours, uh, the same denomination as ours in our own state, are without a pastor. And Mississippi has reported, our neighboring state, up to 30% of their churches uh, do not have uh, full pastors at this point. Pastors get burned out, and, and churches get burned out as well, right? That's just not a pastoral thing. And you know what burnout is. It's when, when you're exhausted and, and you just feel like giving up. Church burnout has even happened. Before the quarantine, the median worship attendance uh, in our country was 65, and today it is 55. Just for a little perspective, 23 years ago in the year 2000, the median worship attendance was 137 across the board in our country. In 2010, it was 105, and now in 2020, it's 65. In 2023, it's 50. Five Median worship attendance has declined by 60% in two decades. I would imagine that as we fast become a nation of small churches, that might not necessarily be a bad thing. I would imagine some of that is because people burn out. And when things like the quarantine happen and you have a reason to step aside for a few weeks and you get out of a habit, you just don't come back because maybe before that you will bur- you were burn out. There might be other reasons for that, but for the sake of this morning, we're speaking of burnout. And you know what even personal burnout is? Not just churches as a whole or pastors, but you know personal burnout. When you become overcommitted and you have inadequate breaks and rest and you have idealistic standards that just don't happen and you have this constant low-grade stress and chronic fatigue and you just keep pushing yourself and keep hitting the wall and you have this strong sense of responsibility and you hate to see the ball dropped and you bear all of this on your shoulders with heavy job responsibilities and family responsibilities and life just builds up and eventually you burn out. You know what burnout is, don't you? All of us have probably experienced that or been on the brink of that at some way, shape, or form in our lives. Burnout is real and the statistics point us that even in the church world, Christians burn out, churches burn out, and pastors burn out, and sometimes at a pretty fast rate. Well, In Acts chapter 13, we have a turning point in Acts. And so far, Luke has largely focused on the ministry of Peter, particularly among the Jews. But but we've been introduced to Paul already. We've seen his conversion, and we've been introduced to Paul. But as we get to Acts chapter 13, we see this big turning point where Luke begins to focus on the ministry of Paul. And this is what we see in Acts chapter 13, is, is the beginning of the first missionary journey 
of Paul. And so we start to see the, the, the life of Paul and his public ministry. And, and I say that to say this. So we're at the beginning. And you know Paul's going to face a lot, right? He doesn't know all of that at this point. But he, he recounts his life, all the beatings that he's faced, the torture and shipwreck and, and the thorn in his side. He's going to face a lot. But, but, but here at the beginning of his public ministry, as I'm looking at this chapter this week, I want to know something. And I want you to know, know something this morning. And, and here's what I wanted to know. At the beginning of Paul, Paul's ministry, I, I wanted to know, how does Paul get to 2 Timothy 4, 6, and 8? Why 2 Timothy 4, 6, and 8? Those are the final words that we have recorded of Paul, the final letter that he writes to, to young Timothy. He writes it from a prison in Rome. And I, and I want to know how Paul gets from here this wonderful scene of the church at Antioch sending out this missionary. The Holy Spirit uh, laid hands on him. The Spirit tells him, send out Paul. They lay hands. They send him out in the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I want to know how he gets probably from this high, and then he gets to the prison in Rome writing to young Timothy, and he doesn't say in his final words, I'm just slap burn out. I am slap burn out. Here, here's what he said. For I am already being poured out. I think there's a big difference between poured out and burnout. I'm already being poured out. They, they, they might look different on the outside. It might be a lot of stress. It might be a lot of trials. It might be a lot of responsibility. But, but I think there's a, there's a crucial difference. Paul's not burnout, out, but... Now he's finally once and for all being poured out as a drink offering. And the time for my departure is close. He's fought the good fight. He's finished the race. He's kept the faith. And there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. And so externally it may look the same, but, but the picture we get of Paul here is that he's being poured out, not burnt out, and he is crossing that finish line waiting for the victor's crown. And so that's what I want to challenge you with this morning. How do we get to the end of ourselves? How do we get to the end of our lives and it's joy? It's being poured out. It's exhausted. We are exhausted, but we are not burnt out. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Or even how do we maintain joy? Because even look at the end of this missionary journey. Well, well, in the beginning of this, beginning of the scene, end of the chapter at least, the disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. So, so how do we get there? The church at this point is 15, and in, in, in the scriptures is 15, 20 years old at this time. Paul has been a Christian for about 10 years. He has about 20 years left. So I want my life to count. I want to get it to the end being poured out, not being burned out. So the question, are you pouring out? Are you burning out? Here's, let me give you a few things this morning that we see from this, that I think we see in this chapter. The first thing I want to challenge you with, to, to avoid burnout, avoid burnout by seeking the Lord's calling. Avoid burnout so that you can be poured out by seeking the Lord's calling. Let's 
Look again at Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. They're in the church, you know, prophets and teachers, and they name all of this diverse group of people that, that are gathered in the church, from Saul to one who was a friend of Herod, and these people from all over the place. The gospel is bringing all sorts of people together. And look at verse 2 of chapter 13. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And so to avoid burnout, seek the Lord's calling. Do you notice how they are seeking? They are worshiping, they are praying, and they're fasting. They were, as you will, they're, they're setting their sails. The Spirit moves where he wishes, where he pleases, Jesus says in John chapter 3. But, but they are saying, God, where are you moving? What do you want me to be doing? They are in a posture of submitting to the will of the Lord. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, fill my sails and move me where you want me to go. They're not like Martha, busy doing stuff and and trying to get everything ready. They're more like Mary, who is busy worshiping at the Lord's feet, doing the better things. The church knows what to do next, this church in Antioch, because they're worshiping. They're praying and they're fasting. They're seeking the will of the Lord. God, where would you have to go? The gospel was to go to all nations. That's a big call. But God, where do you want us to go? Where do you want and who do you want to go to the nations? And that's the question that they're asking. To avoid burnout, seek the Lord's calling. And and, and let me clarify what I mean by this, when we seek the Lord's calling, we'll be able to pour ourselves out rather to be burnt out. Because, because here's the thing, as, as Christians, we're not just merely opportunists, right? But we're sent ones. God has given us a mission to go. So, so we're not just opportunists waiting say, that looks like a good deal. Let me, let me try this. And we're not saying, well, 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 this might work. It worked at that other church. It worked for those other people. It worked for this or that or the other. So we get ourselves all busy with all of these activities, just trying to make something happen. That's not where they started. They didn't start by saying, like, everybody, let's go and just let's see what happens. They got on their knees and they got on their faces and they fasted and they prayed and asked, Lord, where would you have us to grow up, go. Let me say it like this. The, the church here is avoiding suckers. And the church here needs to avoid suckers. And by suckers, I don't mean people. I mean plant suckers. Do you know what a plant sucker is? I'm not exactly sure how to identify one. But not long ago, we were helping trim some citrus trees that my grandfather planted years ago. And these citrus trees are still producing fruit, though he's been with the Lord for over 10 years now. And something that my grandmother said, as we are trimming these trees, as you see these thorny little waste of branches just sticking up, she said, make sure you take the suckers out. And I said, why is that? Well, your grandpa always said just to do it, so make sure you do it so the suckers are are gone, so it continues to produce fruit. And what happens is, and and some of you agriculturist type people know this, and this happens on tomato plants and all sorts of plants, and and as you you prune the, the suckers... You don't have those wasted branches that are sucking all of the, uh, the energy and the nutrients. And so, and so now your oranges are sweet and your grapefruit is sweet and, 
Because if you don't, it might produce, but the fruit's not going to taste good. And, and, and you're going to be exhausted fertilizing these things and planting these things. And it just never produces what you think it will produce. The church here is not going to burn out because they're seeking the Lord's calling. They're, they're avoiding the suckers. And maybe some of that's for our own lives and our own church. We need to figure out, like, this is a sucker, this is sucking life and energy, and we just need to cut it off because it's not producing. This is not what the Lord wants us to do. How many tasks and ministries, and even in our own lives, are undertaken to appear spiritual, to appear cutting edge, to, to appear that we're doing the thing, all to receive praise from men rather than God? They are asking the question, Lord, what would you have us to do? Avoid burnout. Seek the Lord's calling. Number two, avoid burnout. Do what he calls you to do. Not only were they seeking the Lord, do you notice how this goes on? Oh, that's what we should do. They confirmed it. Look at verse three. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and they sent them off. And so the church did, they sent them off, go. And so verse four, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went God called us. He told us what to do. They sent. And don't miss these parts. That's a big thing. Because God may be calling us to do something, and then we just say, uh, uh, I'll keep laying the fleece out, right? I'll keep, yeah, yeah, pray fast. Make, confirm the word of the Lord. But then go. They went down to Solution. From there, they sailed to Cyprus. They go to Barnabas' home island, and they write about uh, uh, Salamis. They proclaimed the word of the God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. So, so they avoid burnout by, by not getting involved with the suckers. They sought what the Lord would want them to do, and now they are avoiding burnout so that they can pour themselves out with all the energy of, uh, that, that God has given them by doing what he has called them to do. They obeyed. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 15. I am the vine and the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then he says that your joy will be complete in your obedience. To draw your power and your strength from him and then to obey him. And so they obeyed. They went. Where do we go? He showed them where to go. He impressed that upon their heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. He led them. And sometimes we know that stressing about the future can be crippling. They don't know what this holds for them at this point. They're not reading Acts chapter 13. You know this, right? They don't see how this works out. And so this tells us something. We do what he calls us to do. We do it even when we can't see the end. Even when we can't see the end. And Kevin DeYoung says it like this. He says, we walk into the future in God-glorifying confidence, not because the future is known to us, but because it's known to God. And that's all we need to know. He goes on to say, worry about the future is not simply a characteristic. It is the sin of unbelief. It's an indication that our hearts are not resting on the promises of God. And no, this won't be easy. Do you see what goes on to happen here? That they begin to preach the gospel with the help of John and they come across a, a magician. And then there was a proconsul that we read here named Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, it says in verse 7. He summoned Barnabas and Saul and he sought to hear the word of God. But this magician, Elymas, he, he opposed them and he, seek, he sought to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But 
Paul, Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You are the son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy, and you will not stop making, will you not stop making the crooked the straight paths of the Lord? Now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you. This man goes blind, the proconsul believes, and was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. The future was the path was difficult. Obedience was difficult. They had to have a hard conversation. Paul rolled up into a city and told the magician that you are a son of the devil. They were fighting these battles, these spiritual battles. Uh, they were fighting these relational battles, and they were dealing with all of these things, but they continued to do what the Lord had called them to do. So they did it even when they couldn't see the end, and they Avoid burnout by doing what he calls you to do when you can't see the end and even when it's hard. Now, this may be counterintuitive because sometimes we stop doing hard things just because they're hard. We think, surely this can't be the will of the Lord because this is way too difficult. And maybe you're on the verge of right now, maybe with, with teaching, maybe uh, ministering uh, at work or in your family or wh- whatever it might be, there's, there's a whole slew of things, and I'll trust the Holy Spirit to show those to you without giving too many examples. Do you keep doing what God has called you to do? If you've cut all of the suckers off and you know you're walking in the will of the Lord, you can do, as we tell our kids often, you can do hard things. And you can keep doing hard things, and you can keep pouring yourself out because you're being filled with the Holy Spirit. God did not promise us a five-star hotel in this world. In this life, you will have suffering. But we look to our Christ, and we know the way of the cross, that the crown of glory comes through a crown of thorns. That if we are like our master in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, he has overcome the world. So I think a way that we can pour ourselves out is, number one, we can avoid burnout by seeking the will of the Lord and what he has called us to do. Not just doing things, but doing the things he has called us to do as individuals and as a church. Number two, I think we can avoid burnout by doing what he calls us to do even when we can't see the end and, and even when it is difficult third thing that I want you to know this morning I've been challenged with through this passage is, is we can avoid burnout by not going at it alone. And something that's very clear in this passage is that Paul is not a lone ranger. That yes, we see him with that Barnabas, but, but even in all of his ministry, we know that Paul is not a lone ranger. We get to the, the, the end of 2 Timothy, we get to the end of Romans, and you notice what Paul is always doing. Yeah, sometimes he's calling out people for their sin, and, and sometimes, oftentimes, the, the larger list is about him thanking people. That he's acknowledging that person is useful for, to me. Uh, that person came alongside me even when nobody else did. Paul knows that he is not alone. And he never went alone. He was with Silas and, and, and his other missionary journeys. But, but right now we see he's with Barnabas. And we even see John was there for a moment to help him. And, and we even see the church back home. Not everybody went with him, but there was people back at the church of Antioch holding the rope. That was William Carey who said, yes, send me wherever, Lord. Just hold the rope for me back in my hometown, back in my home church. And so, so that's what we do. Yes, you might not go, but you can pray, you can support, and, and you can give, and you can help people. You can hold that rope for them 
as they descend into hard places, but they know that they are not alone. Avoid burnout by realizing that you don't have to go at it alone. This is so important for us as church members, isn't it? Because oftentimes we'll go weeks and months without showing up and we wonder why we feel burnout while we're just not feeling it. Maybe it's because you're trying to go at it alone and you weren't meant to do that. Maybe you were meant for one another. Uh, Some of the the, the greatest things I love about Sunday morning is being around you. Uh, One of the greatest things I I love about senior adult lunch is just being around people. Uh, One of the reasons that I get involved in our association of churches here in the New Orleans area is because twice a month I'm around other pastors. And and we don't have conversations about churches every time. But I know that if I'm going through a hard time or I have a question about ministry, I know a slew of guys that I I can call and ask, hey, what about this? Can you help me with with this? What do you think about, about that uh, because I know Riverside is not a lone ranger, and I know Jared is not a lone ranger, that I need other people. I need other pastors in my life to speak truth, to, to challenge, and to help. And I need other spirit people, spirit-filled people to help me discern God's will. I need other spirit-filled people to help hold me accountable, to uphold, to encourage, and come alongside. We need to strive side by side for the gospel. And we need other spirit-filled people to pour into us. That's one reason it's so important for you to be around other people, to be in small groups and, and to be here on Sunday morning because as the Holy Spirit is, is filling you up as you pray and you worship and you study the Word, as the Holy Spirit is pouring, uh, filling you up, you are pouring yourself into other people and other people are, are pouring themselves into you as the Holy Spirit fills all of you up. And so maybe the reason you're running dry is because you're trying to do this all alone. So avoid burnout. Do what the Lord has called you to do. Seek that out as individuals as a church. Avoid burnout so you can pour yourself out by doing what the Lord has called you to do. Not your own power, strength by his strength. Avoid burnout um, by not doing it alone. By doing it with other people. A couple other things. Avoid burnouts by giving them Jesus. You notice something through the book of Acts that these folks are filled with the Holy Spirit. They're going on with the power of the Holy Spirit. But over and over and over again, even this proconsul Sergius Paulus, you can see it in verse 12. It says, he was astonished at what? The teaching of the Lord. He was astonished at the gospel. We even see as we get to the end of chapter 13 that, that what is spreading throughout the whole region is what? The word of the Lord. This, uh, brothers, this takes, brothers and sisters, this takes all the pressure off of you. And who's believing? All of those the Lord has appointed to eternal life. God's doing the work and we get to just be vessels of his glory. These jars of clay showing that the surpassing worth belongs to Christ. Whatever you do, give them Jesus. Yes, they're giving them themselves. They're going through these hard times. They're calling people out. They're going through difficulties. But at the end of the day, they know that their power comes from the Holy Spirit that's been poured out upon them. They know that their power comes from the true vine who is filling up and bearing fruit in the branches. They know that, and they know that they don't have to kind of make up what they give to these people. 
they give them Jesus. And they're clear about that. Why, why do we give them Jesus? Because Jesus is the fulfillment of all history. They preach Christ and they show how God gave Israel kings and was working through the, uh, the, the genealogies to, to bring to fruition the promises of God so that when we get to Acts 13, 23, read this with me, and of this man's offspring, David, the, the king, the, the good king that we remember from the Old Testament, God brought to Israel a savior, Jesus as promised. Before his coming, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he says, what do you suppose that I am? I am not he. No, but behold, after me one is coming, the sandals of whom feet I am not worthy to untie. We give them Jesus because Jesus is the fulfillment of all history. Jesus is the fulfillment of all the Bible. This whole book is about Jesus. We give them Jesus because Jesus is the fulfillment of all the promises of God. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Is there forgiveness of sins? Yes, there is forgiveness of sins. Is there healing? Yes, there's, there's healing from all of your brokenness. Is there a way not to be judged according to your iniquities? The answer is yes in Jesus Christ. Is there a way to be whole? Yes in Jesus Christ. Is there a way to be blessed? Yes. Is there a way to find forgiveness? Yes. And he goes on to preach the resurrected Christ in verse 38. Do you see it? God raised up Jesus from the dead, the perfect once and for all sacrifice. He says in verse 32 that we bring you the good news of what God has promised has been fulfilled. And he says, let it be known to you, brothers, that through this man, Jesus is forgiveness of sins. And this is proclaimed to you. And by him, Everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. If you want to see a powerful life, if you want to see a powerful ministry, if you want to see the dead raised to life, those who are dead in their trespasses and sin raised to life, if you want to see burdens lifted, if you want to see a guilty justified, give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. In a world that's broken and hurting, people are searching for hope and meaning. And as Christians, we have the privilege of pointing them not to ourselves. If you do that, you're going to get burned out because as wonderful as all of y'all are, yourself will not impress for very long. You're all wonderful and beautiful people. But Christ is more beautiful. Point them to Christ. That will take the pressure off of you so you can pour yourself out. What the law could not do, Christ did. What the law demands, the gospel gives. The law reveals sin. The gospel frees us from sin. No one is ever set free by more instructions or just telling them to do better. The law can't do that. Freedom only comes through beholding Christ. So whatever you do, give them Jesus, the living water that never runs dry. He is the one filling you up. He is the one that is pouring out through you, shining the light of the gospel through you. And he is the only one that will fill them up and satisfy them. Those who have yet to believe. But also for Christians. 
So the final thing, so avoid burnout, pour yourself out. Talked about a few things this morning. Seek to do what the Lord is calling you to do and to do it and don't do it alone and give them Jesus. Uh, The final thing I want to challenge you with is I'm going to give them Jesus. Preach the gospel to yourself. You, Christian, rest in Jesus. And you, Christians, when you are together, fill up each other with Jesus. Take in Jesus through the word and and continue to give them Jesus and each other Jesus. And if we do that, guess what? We'll be very Jesus-y people. And when people come in contact with with Riverside, they will say, those are some Jesus people. And and Jesus is beautiful. That's my desire every time I preach. That's my desire for every time uh, this congregation is sent on Sunday mornings that we would show people Jesus. We pour out what he pours in. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. I read that to you in John chapter 15. He says, abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Draw from Christ. Don't just give him, Jesus. You draw from Christ. You're filled up through Christ. Sap throws through the Holy Spirit through Christ. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is... The one that bears fruit for, apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah, you can do some things, but, but nothing that matters. Nothing that bears fruit. And, uh, you can do some things, but you're probably going to burn out because you're doing it in your own strength. But if you do it in the strength that he provides, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, declares the Lord, I think you will come to the end of your life. Yes, maybe exhausted, but poured out instead of burnout. Notice how this ends, and all that they go through, they preach Christ, they deal with problems, sure, but in Acts chapter 13, the word, they continue to face difficulty. You, you will have trouble in them, but they shake it off, dust their feet, went on to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. So how do we avoid burnout? I think the key is to stay connected to Christ and to give them Christ. Give yourself Christ and don't do it alone and seek to see what the Lord is calling you to do and then do it with the strength that he provides. By the grace of, the God, of God, we are what we are. And his grace towards us is not in vain. His grace is the power to save and his grace is the power to persevere and his grace is the power to serve. We never move past the gospel. But we labor abundantly. Not I, Paul says, but the grace of God which was with me. So my hope and prayer is, as we look at Acts chapter 13 is that we're able to answer the question, are you headed to burnout? Are you pouring yourself out? If you're heading to burnout, hear the words of Christ. Come to him, all who are weary and heavy laden, and he will give you rest. His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Let's pray.